0: Welcome back to the 4A Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It is another time of year, not free agency, but it is Hall of Fame time. Every year, Hall of Fame ballots come out for players that retired five years ago or plus that are still on the ballot. But in this situation, we are going for the contemporary baseball-era ballot. So what's happened is 16 voters have elected eight players that they're going to vote on in December of 2022. That They're going to decide, are they going into the MLB Hall of Fame or not? In order to get in, they need to receive 75% of the voting. So they'll be voted on on December 4th at the baseball winner meetings. And these players include Albert Bell, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff, Dale Murphy, Raul Palmiero, and Kurt Schilling. So we're going to break it down. We voted for who we think belongs in, and if they got 75%, they got in. How are we doing today, boys? I'm ready to
1: get controversial. I'm ready to get into it. This is the most controversial subject of all of MLB right now. This is this is where it gets interesting. I'm curious to see what you guys got. Steves, how you doing?
2: I mean, there's there's one guy I think we can all agree on should be in in the Hall of Fame, but he's not in there yet. Let's hope he gets in there, in there in, on December 4th.
0: Yeah, so this winter meetings, you know, there's a chance to undo what a lot of people claim a disjustice to be and not putting Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame. Uh, we'll get to them in a second, but we're going to kick it off with one of Stav's favorite guys on this ballot, Albert Bell. Albert Bell had an MLB career. It was really competitive, and it was very above average in all, all means. He had a 144 career OPS. That's ranking in the mid-60s all-time. Uh, but one of the biggest issues with him is that he was suspected for steroids and he was convicted of using a corked bat.
2: Oh, Uh, yeah. I'll talk about him. Um, so I kind of, I was, when I was younger, I started playing MLB The Show, right? And there was this Albert, Albert Bell card. And I was like, and he was, it was a good card. It was a solid card. But then I kind of like went in and I researched him was a five-time all-star five-time silver slugger played for a couple of different ball clubs over the course of his career, but it, it, he's he's a Cleveland, he was a Cleveland Indian for his whole career. Um, so, I mean, he's, I mean, it's, yeah, you have the the cork bat and you have the steroids, which he was never, he was never fully convicted of, but um, he batted, what did he bat? He batted 295 over his whole career, which is respectable throughout an entire career, and He's, he's, he's just a player that I feel like no one talks about that much throughout the community, but he's a very solid player.
1: Yeah, I I think, um, I think Albert Bell had arguably, I mean, not one of the best, but a very good peak in, in baseball. Um, unfortunately, Hall of Fame is very hard to get into. It's, it's the Hall of Fame. Um, and it, and the voters, they vote along the lines of milestones, not peaks. Um, and I just don't think it's enough for him to get into the Hall of Fame just because they look for these full careers, and in a career kind of plagued with a bunch of problematic stuff, and a career only being twelve years, I just don't think the sample size is enough to get Bill in. Um, but I, 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 think that I think that uh, Brad's got an interesting take coming
0: up here. I don't actually have an interesting take to be honest. Um, I think you point out the fact that his career was really short, and that really does hurt his Hall of Fame campaign. Like he only played fifteen hundred games. And if you you know look at fifteen hundred games, that's less than ten years cumulative of MLB game time because one hundred sixty games ten times, you know sixteen hundred twenty games. Uh, another issue with him is that he had to retire early due to osteoarthritis in his hip. Uh, You know, obviously there's external things that you necessarily can't control, and that was one of the things you can't control. And you could look at the sample size what he did in those 10, 11 years, and it was a very good sample size, 1994, 1996, finished third, second, third in MVP voting. But I just really think there's a lack of substance there, and there's like clear evidence uh, specifically written by Buster Olney that he just wasn't a good clubhouse presence. And obviously it's more of what you did on the baseball field is what gets you into the Hall of Fame. But I think as we're going to see, not necessarily in this example, but with future guys that we're about to talk about, we're going to see that a lot of off-field circumstances, situations took place. And that's why they're not sitting in the Hall of Fame today.
1: Sure. Yeah, do we want to, um, do we want to recap uh, the results or we're we going to do that afterwards?
0: So to kick us off, stevs where'd you go on this? With Albert Bell? Yes, sir. I had him in the Hall of Fame. So Aiden did not Aiden not here with us today. He's feeling under the weather. We wish him our best. He'll be with us next week. Aiden had a no. I had a no. Tom. I had a no
1: too, right? I want to make okay.
0: sure. Yeah, yes. okay, good. Yeah. So with that, Albert but Albert Albert Bell, Albert Bell does Albert not get it? in. Albert, Albert Butt. But. Albert, but. Albert Butt does not get into the Hall of Fame. But That's what fair. we did do is we reached out via Twitter and TikTok, and we asked you guys, the fans, to fill out your Hall of Fame ballot for us. And as a result of that, he still doesn't get in. 25% <laughs> said yes. the The other 75% said no. Moving on, Tom, this is your guy. Take it away. Barry
1: Bonds, the greatest player to ever wear a baseball jersey. Uh, we're talking seven MVP awards. I mean, if we break that down, that means he was the best player in all of baseball, or at least the league, but I, I argue all of baseball, for seven seasons of his career. Uh, we want to talk about P.A.P.D. making him a one-dimensional player. He has eight gold gloves. Man, did the slow slow down on the bases? 514 stolen bases. Man, the Royds must have affected his power. He must have swung and missed a lot. Barry Bonds has the greatest plate vision of all time. He has 2,558 career base on balls. Led the league in walks 12 times. Led the league in on base percentage 10 times. I could I could go through the list. He led. He led a lot. He he was he was on top. He, this is a boy. This is a man in a boy's game. He was playing video game numbers in his 22 year career. He only struck out 100 plus times once, which is was his rookie season. I, I think even if we are considering his steroid use beginning in 2000, like many people would consider h- him beginning his steroids. Most most people like like to divide um Barry Bonds in like two different careers post and pre in his pre-steroid career he still had three NL MVPs eight gold gloves 448 home runs and the highest in baseball for six of those seasons so the idea that that steroids was the only thing that made him better which would be the only argument against Barry Bonds being in the Hall of Fame is completely invalid because Barry Bonds has quite literally had two Hall of Fame careers in one um He's the cleanest guilty player of all in all baseball. I mean, he he's never gotten caught. Um, we all know, we we all know, but he never got, actually got caught, which is interesting. Uh, and that that just I don't know. I feel like Barry Bonds is inexcusably a Hall of Famer,
2: regardless of how you look at it. Barry Bonds was great for the game of baseball. I feel like a lot of people, okay, Brad squints. but no, he was great for the game of baseball. I feel like a lot of people gravitated towards baseball in a time where. It kind of felt like it was more of a slower paced game, um, and he kind of came out and and he came out swinging, um, but yes, he's, he's it's always going to be he took PEDs, but he was he like Tom said he was never caught, which is the main <laughs> which is which is the main issue with with the whole he's a he, he was a PED user he, he was a steroid user whatever whatever. But Tom's right. He had, before 2000, he had three MVPs. So that in itself is enough to get you into the Hall of Fame, I feel. Even, and not to mention his four MVPs after 2000.
0: Yeah, I think the question here isn't, was he a good enough player to make the Hall of Fame? I think he's arguably the greatest player of all time. It's just... Is what he did off the baseball field enough to tarnish his chances and tarnish that legacy? Because you can't look at the Washington Post had it as divided before nineteen or nineteen ninety nine and after nineteen ninety nine, because that was when it was rumored he started juicing. So you have to look at his career in two segments, right? I take everything after that uh, from nineteen ninety nine on with a big grain of salt, and I think that's fair to do. Because you see like the complete body transformation, the complete change in play, in style of play. Like Tom, you said he finished with how many stolen bases? Five hundred and
1: five hundred and fourteen.
0: And by nineteen ninety-eight, he had four hundred forty-five of those. So you can see that like over the last seven years, you know, he, he wasn't really stealing any bases. It's
2: also age if you gotta take that into account.
0: Yeah, but you have to look at like the regression. Like he's pretty consistently putting up those stolen base numbers, and I'm not here to say whether he took steroids or not. I think there's a pretty defined answer to that question, whether it was proven scientifically or not. And it's if you look at his career before steroids, 99.6 career WAR. That's pretty good. You know, I, I I'd take that on my team. He had 411 bombs, and won three MVPs, but. The issue with Barry Bonds is he was hated. He was like everyone in baseball despised that man because he was a he had a horrible character. He was beyond rude to teammates, media, anyone else in between. He was and he just focused on himself and not in the way you want to contribute to the team. He promoted solely himself. And because of that, he was hated throughout all of MLB. And another example of that is when in 2003, he literally got rid of his contract. He was the only player in 30 years to not have a contract at the Major League Baseball Players Association because he just wanted more money. That's why he can never be in a video game because he just wanted more money.
1: Yeah, and I think I think sometimes when you see some of the greatest players ever to, to play the sport, the, the, the power almost gets to them. Um, I mean... Obviously, when you're the best of the game, I'm not defending his actions, but he clearly got arrogant and he was arrogant. Um, But I feel like that fits in perfectly with the era he played in. I think a lot of the players, a lot of the stars of of MLB in the 90s and early 2000s were like that. Um, Me personally, I kind of like the idea of of the villain MLB player. Like I like villains and heroes in in MLB. You know, I like seeing the really good guys and then the bad guys who are also really good at baseball. You know, they, they clash on the field. Um, but you mentioned all these these fall offs and different styles of plays. Um, steroids give strength, but it doesn't give you the ability to have an OPS of 1400. Um, that that's unheard of, and and you you can't teach walking 232 times in a season. That that's that's not something that steroids can do. So I, I think that the way his game evolved, not only in gaining power over his career, but also gaining plate vision, I, I think that makes him the greatest hitter of all time. And I think that is, I think that if you look at his whole career, you can't kind of, you can't kind of look at one player because they're very different players. His early career was more of an anomaly type of guy, you know, the build and of the show, the power and speed combo. He was like that at the beginning of his career later in his career. His vision got even better. I mean, he, he don't get it twisted when he got in the league. He still had amazing vision, but that seemed to get better as the years went on. And by the end of his career, he was walking like double the amount of times he was striking out. Oh my gosh. 232 to 41. 232 walks to 41 strikeouts. I I've looked at the stat line like once a week my entire life. I I love this guy. I'm sorry. Um it, it's just it's it, it's just it doesn't happen. This doesn't happen. Uh and you you can take steroids but I can guarantee you a million other people can take steroids and you can't replicate this.
0: No, cuz it's not that Barry Bonds wasn't talented. It's just he added to what he already had in an unfair way.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it's controversial because I feel like in the Roid era, and we'll, we'll get to this in a little bit. Um, some players chose to keep up with competition and some didn't. Um, we'll talk about Fred McGriffin in a little bit, but um, in in a, in a constantly evolving game, it's hard to kind of gauge what's the best for you in your career. I don't know if Barry Bonds made the decision because everyone else was doing it, but when the roid dog started taking over, I think that definitely prompted a lot of players in the MLB to start doing roids.
0: I think a lot of I, – I don't have the source on this. I read this a while ago. When, I don't even know if this is an accurate quote, but one of the things that I heard was that Barry Bones was like kind of upset, kind of like falling into the background of like McGuire, so-so all of them. And like if they can do this with roids and I, can't, I can do it without roids, imagine what I can do with them or something of that nature or that philosophy.
1: I agree. I think that I think that even if that without, without the steroids, I think this is still the greatest player of all time. Arguably, I think it's him or Willie Mays. That's completely unbiased, by the way. Um, it sounds like
0: a Giants fan speaking. I feel like um, there's
1: bias. Complete, completely unbiased, but I, I think that you still have the greatest player of all time, and I think that giving him steroids was literally like Thanos putting the last Infinity Stone in the Gauntlet. This
0: guy was unstoppable. Um, I I hope
1: it was unanimous. Brad, you want to go to the recap on that one?
0: So it was unanimous. Thank God. Barry Bonds did get into the Hall of Fame. I was very close to voting no, but I decided to vote yes on his career before he took steroids. I think that if he were to get into the Hall of Fame, considering the circumstances of his career and everything that's happened after that, you know, testifying before Congress, anything in between, having to go through legal processes and anything of that nature, I think. There should be some representation of like Barry Bonds can be respected as the all-time home run king, although his numbers may forever be tainted or unknown, like something of that nature on the plaque. Yeah, um, and it was also unanimous for our listeners.
1: Good, we have good listeners.
0: Stez, you got any thoughts on that? No, I mean,
2: I, I I definitely think you have to look at his career in in two separate uh measurements and i think he deserves to be in the hall of fame because at the end of the day it's really the performance you can put on the field yeah you have to take into account especially with the guys from this this era the steroids and stuff like that but what matters is what he put or what he did on the field and and he definitely proved at least especially if you want to account for peds the first half of his career he proved he's a hall of famer
0: yeah And so, moving on, it's more of an interesting case here. Roger Clemens. You have another guy who dominates. Dominates throughout the 80s, early 90s. He starts to fall off a little bit. 1997 hits, and he's right back to his prime. And then there's suspicion of him taking steroids. And instead of just ignoring it, he flat out denies it. Things come later, and he denies it again but it's pretty blatant he kind of falls in that same boat where he's never tested positive but almost everyone knows he did like the change in numbers a second prime in a career that almost followed exactly when barry bonds has occurred a little bit before and you know after that there were consequences what do you guys think of roger clemens
1: i I think like a rebirth in the
0: career is is not completely out of the ordinary with that
1: being said i don't think that he didn't take steroids. But I think similar to Barry Bonds, I don't think that steroids could even get anyone to this level of dominance on the mound. You know, there, there are players that took steroids that got to a level. They, they they peaked. They peaked at a level that wasn't good enough. But the, the, this guy, like like Mark McGuire, for, for instance, the dude has like 1,500 hits and 500 of them are home runs. We look at Bonds, who has way more hits and way more home, you know, like you reach a higher peak. Um, I think seven Cy Youngs kind of speaks for itself Um, and also an MVP, which is crazy. Um, And he, the fact, the fact that he's actually had some good longevity, I know, I don't know necessarily what the effects of steroids are on, on tendon health, but I, I'm not sure if it, if it bodes well, what, what, what does, steroids and from the other side of the field because you don't usually see that you usually see steroids coming from the hitting side
0: what effects does it
1: really have on a pitcher?
0: same thing muscle bulking like think about it. if you have more muscular support your tendons are most likely able to grow and become stronger did did but
1: I'm, but like was there there wasn't like a noticeable increase in like velocity or, or like spin rate
0: the issue well they can measure spin rate oh yeah that's right but like yeah i don't, I don't know if not know s- i don't know to be honest with you uh, I would assume it probably maintains your velocity. If your muscle is increasing, it would probably make it more durable and more able to stand the test of time as opposed to, you know, just a natural, natural career progression.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up a baseball fan, so I kind of grew up disliking Roger Clemens. You know, that's kind of how I was taught, how how anyone was taught that wasn't a fan of Boston or New York. Um, so I, I, I'm not necessarily a big fan of him. He was a roid head, and he he had a roid rage like crazy. Um, but you really can't deny the stats and um, the kind of the milestones that I mentioned before. When when voters are looking at that, they see the milestones. They see that he has was it the second most strikeouts of all time? Or is it- yeah. yeah. So I mean, he's just up there in everything, most Cy Youngs of all time. And he he, he dominated the league for what was it, twenty one years.
0: He, that sounds about right 24, 24 years
1: that's crazy that's yeah. a long career right there especially he lasted for a, a long
0: time he, he was, lasted a long yeah so i mean i don't know his last season
1: that's just i mean he pitched in almost five thousand innings in his career so that that longevity along with the milestones that just that's that should be a slam dunk from the hall of fame especially considering that he was never caught i know that that that, that doesn't sound good but it, you also got to take in consideration if we don't vote in the Royd era, there will just be a gap in time where there are no people voted in, because all of the stars of the game in the late '90s, early 2000s were on steroids. Well, at least most of them.
0: Yeah, but um, you have to understand that, like, there's going to be a price to pay for cheating. I, this this discussion will come up in ten years or so when Jose Altuve is ready for the Hall of Fame, and these guys they took they got an unfair advantage. Whether you put it that way or not. We'll hear about it with Fred McGriff. Like, these guys were elevated above others. Like, every team had someone taking steroids. But the people who chose to play regular got punished because of that. That's not an accurate reflection of the times for the everyday player. It's a reflection of those who were very good and took steroids to maintain very good. Yeah, and I
1: think that it does more to
0: to take to like to make other careers seem
1: worse than it does to propel careers forward, the the good careers we saw, mm-hmm. um, it the, the the whole steroid era is very controversial because you have nearly like 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 what a fifth of the league probably doing it. I mean, give or take, you know, and to get like to completely knock out that part in history because you know the commissioner of baseball during that time was had a choice to make. He could either put his foot down or he could let the let the kids play with with their really strong muscles that was entertaining for the fans because the MLB was in a when it, it was in a dark period before the um steroid era began if we remember that there was there was a bit of controversy in the MLB whether it would even continue at the same rate i would say that the steroid era brought baseball back and to forget the 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 faces of that that renaissance is, is bad for baseball so i think that remembering the best the best players and only the best in Roger Clemens. I, I think that makes sense. I think he has to make it in.
0: So, long speech. yeah, he had some points to make. So the thing with the steroid era is that even if the players are not elected into the Hall of Fame, the steroid era will always be a part of the Hall of Fame. Like the 98 home run chase, although Sosa and Norm McGuire will make it into the Hall of Fame, they will always be in the Hall of Fame. Like that home run chase will be there. I think Barry Bonds' MVPs will always be there. You can't tell the story of baseball without the steroid era, but the Hall of Fame doesn't always have to tell the story with the players. It should tell the story of the players who played fairly and also didn't Mm -hmm. have beyond horrible legal repercussions outside of baseball. Roger Clemens was tried on counts of perjury, false statements, and contempt of Congress. Thankfully, he was found not guilty, but you don't really want a guy in the Hall of Fame being charged on counts of perjury in any way, lying under oath. And he committed adultery, which is grooming a 15-year-old to have a long-term relationship. Um, So even though I think there is a good argument for his baseball statistics to be in the Hall of Fame, you also have to understand the quality of character you're putting into the Hall of Fame, and that is not precedent for being a hall of famer so i voted no for roger clemens
1: yeah i wish i knew that
0: um i mean
1: i put my research in on the statistics behind it but i didn't really look into i probably should have done this for every player because this this class is so controversial i probably should have searched in player name controversy and just saw what happened um i knew that he was a bad person outside of baseball i didn't know he was that bad um yeah, I might change my vote around, but um I'm curious as to, as to what uh, the votes actually look like.
2: All stats. Um, i i did, I voted him to voted him in as well, but uh, I might have changed my mind. I looked again. Was he a terrible person? By all accounts? Yes, but what he did on the baseball field was impressive. So that's kind of where I put my vote towards. And adultery might sway my vote away from him. But again, at the end of the day, it's what he, what you do on the baseball field is what puts you in the Hall of Fame. I think one of the
0: most unique things about Hall of Fame voting is there's 500 plus voters for the Hall of Fame. It's every voter has a different reason they look for. Like some people, do they want to uphold the character of the Hall of Fame? hold it to a small hall, big hall, like anything between that. Like if you're looking just at the baseball field, their impact throughout the game, where they stood in the community, like anything like that, different voters have different opinions and different priorities. So that's like a really, it's a really interesting thing thing to look at given Hall of Fame voting. So with that, Tom, are you officially changing your vote? Uh, Yeah, I would say,
1: yeah. I think that outside of baseball has a big impact. We'll talk about that later.
0: So with that, with our ballot Roger Clemens fails to make the Hall of Fame with the fan vote Roger Clemens unanimously made the Hall of Fame and I think that's a lot of just people looking at his career statistics yeah uh, Aiden voted yes and I think that's he he knows Roger Clemens and it's a 50% 50% so another guy that we kind of mentioned a little bit who wasn't the guy who took steroids was Fred McGriff. Now, Fred McGriff had a pretty good MLB career. You know, he, he comes to the field every day and he puts up consistency. That's, that's what you want from guys. If you're to get a team of guys, you don't want flakiness. You don't want ups and downs of Nick Castellanos. I want a Fred McGriff who's going to come out there and be very good. And he puts up 52.6 baseball, re- baseball reference for 134 career OPS in a time where everyone else is taking steroids, where the guys that were setting the highest level of OPS, raising that average, he was 34% above league average without taking steroids.
1: Yeah, this is, this is interesting because I, I keep gravitating back to the milestones argument. um. This dude is 10 hits away from 2,500 and seven home runs away from 500. I think that genuinely makes a difference in the voters' eyes. I don't think it makes a difference in my eyes because I voted him in. But in the voters' eyes, they see, man, he's not in the 500 club, but he's seven away. He's not in the 2,500 hit club, but he's he's 10 away. It's so close. Um, but yeah, as, as Brad said, he's overshadowed by the other legends of this time that took steroids. I think had McGriff taken steroids, obviously shouldn't have done it like obviously don't don't do that but if he did he probably would have hit 600 you know like it's impressive and the consistency throughout his career was crazy i think he finished uh top 10 mvp 6 times in his career uh hit 30 or more home runs 10 times in his career i mean he was just a very consistent day in day out, day out player um i don't know about his um about his glove on the field but he's a first baseman so it's not as important as as other positions um but the hitting milestones, I think, gets him in. Um, and I think especially being overshadowed by the players that did cheat in that time definitely boosts him up even further.
2: I like Fred McGiff's just – I just like his character. Like, I, I like the type of player that just comes in, does his job, and leaves. Um, They're kind of – they're my favorite types of players to, to watch in the league because they just kind of – they go and they do their job, right? They're just – it's kind of like a 9-to-5 worker. They come in warm up, play the game, go home, watch more baseball or whatever whatever they do when they get home, right? Fred McGriff was that type of player. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's fun. It, like, as fun as the – we're talking about the steroid era, and as, fun, as good as it was for baseball that that happened, I think, it's also good for baseball that they had guys like Fred McGriff.
0: Fred McGriff was someone who was penalized by the numbers that were around him. He is not, he's good compared to his time. He's in the hall of very good when compared to his time, but he is in the hall of fame. When you get rid of the people who cheated around him, he didn't win any MVP awards and the highest he placed was fourth in 1993. And if he were to win MVP awards, it would have been in that time. Cause as the decade went on, that's kind of when it went to the cheating, but when someone has a good consistent career, and he ends up with those types of numbers, I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Because when you look at the story of the steroid era, these are the guys that got covered up and whose careers didn't really get the focus that they deserved. I think Fred McGriff belonged in the MLB Hall of
1: Fame. I, I don't think it should be as much of a question as it is. I, I mean, I don't even think there's much debate on this. He he has the the milestones. He has a long career. He played 19 years um i think he has an mvp right he, yeah yeah he, he has an all-star game mvp and that's my bad he's a world
2: series champion
1: yeah i mean he he was a good baseball player for 19 years pretty much um and for that reason i think he has to get in
2: he was a consistent player through and through and
0: for that i also voted him in the hall of fame so a lot of you said yes and aiden said no but thankfully we only need 75 percent to get in so fred McGriff. Welcome to the 4A Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> and the fans, however, disagreed. We had 50% saying no and 50% saying yes. So of that, we have one Fred McGriff in the Hall of Fame, one Fred McGriff not in the Hall of Fame. And so here's the guy, you know, a couple of people probably don't know as much about him, Rafael Palmiero. He is a consistently good baseball player. He comes out, he's doing great. And then 2005 pops around and he gets popped for steroids. This is after the band came out. What do you guys think?
1: I I think similar to similar to Barry Bonds. I hate saying that because no one is Barry Bonds, but this is not a one trick pony. Um, same similar to Bonds. He only struck out more than a hundred times once in his 20 year career. Uh, also racking up three gold gloves. Um, he has nearly the same amount of home runs as Mark McGuire, but double the hits. Um, and I think that just kind of shows how much more of a complete player Rafael Palmero was. He, he was, he was consistent throughout his career. And I know that the steroid era most definitely will affect his legacy, but I mean, you can't deny the, the, the cumulative stats. I mean, he's in the 3000, 3, hit club and almost a 600 home run club. He's, he's a good baseball player. And I mean, it's not it's not as much you you think you think about you think about the Royd era and all of these these players that could only hit home runs. That was what brought in the brought in the fans. but Palmero could do more than just hit home runs and he proved that through his long career.
2: Uh, I'm gonna be honest, coming into this, I had no idea who he was. um but I mean, I looked over his stats, I looked over his career and he was he was just a solid a solid ball player through and through, right? um like Tom mentioned he was a gold glove winner he was a four-time all-star he played for a couple different ball clubs um and yeah it'll probably be tainted his career will be tainted due to PEDs and for for me I just don't think his career was like to the level where you could take the PEDs and and his career like he had to be for you to make the hall of fame in my opinion you needed to be a once in a generational like out of this world player with the PEDs for them to like not even matter cuz you would have been good as is. He was a good ball player with PEDs. So what would that have made him without them?
0: Yeah. And he puts up he put up 10 years of a 900 OPS or better with one above uh one daughter. And like look at that. That's a Hall of Famer right there, right? But he does test positive after MLB basically bans it. Once they start testing for substances, he fails a test. And so that's probably not the first time he's taken it. There's no like extreme drop-off in his career where are like, oh yeah, that's definitely where he took it. But I think anyone who tested positive after MLB tested for it is ineligible for the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I mean... I'm just looking through his career here, and I'm I'm more confused on how this guy didn't win an MVP award in his career. I I mean the, these nineties these nineties MVP awards in early two thousands were on something different. I don't know. I think the level of pitching was a little bit worse than it was today, so it's a lot harder to put up those numbers. But I mean, in, in hold on, let me let me look at this. This dude hit 47 home runs, batted 324, with a 1050 OPS. Um. 148 RBIs. I mean, this is that's an MVP type of season and he put the he replicated that season like 6 or 7 times in his career. Um I don't I don't think PEDs do that and I think I think Palmero is one of the one of the examples of the Roy Dogs that actually do deserve to be in the Hall of Fame just because he's done it for so long and he kind of just proved that it wasn't just the end of his career when he got caught. Kind of kept going afterwards. Um Hit more he hit more home runs and more hits than all of the other Roy dogs that just used it for home runs, and I think that he's a more complete, complete more complete player than anyone
0: else. So looking at the voting, just to talk about that nineteen ninety nine season, that was the year that Pudge Rodriguez won the MVP award. Yeah, um, he put up a really good offensive season as a catcher. Obviously, another guy that took roids. Yeah. Um, put up a good season as a catcher. And he probably won the MVP, but he only won by 13 points. He didn't even get the most first place votes. You know who did? 99 Pedro.
1: Pedro in 99 was crazy.
0: Yeah. So back to Palmero. I voted no. Tom voted yes. Debs, where did you send on this? I voted no as well. So with that, he fails to get 75%. So Rafael Palmero is not a 4A baseball Hall of Famer. And none of the listeners voted for him. So, man, was it just me or did they? It it was just you.
2: Oh my god, probably majority because it's just a name that people don't like more like relax or like more like just kind of casual fans don't really know his name, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, transitioning into another guy that most fans, I hope they know, they should know for his very good 1980s was Dale Murphy. The 1981-1982 NL MVP, Dale Murphy had a very good baseball career, but nothing exceptional. What do you guys think?
1: I I completely agree with that. I don't think you can put him any better than a really good career. I I think people see two MVPs and they see that for the most part, two-time MVP winners are either Roy Dogs or in the hall of fame i'm pretty sure that's the case um dale murphy is the exception i think i i think that dale murphy while having a great career and honestly having one of, like one of the better careers for the braves in general he's gonna he's gonna make the all-time braves look at that but it, it's 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 not enough i know getting in the hall of fame is getting in the mlb hall of fame is, is extremely difficult and i don't think that dale murphy has enough to get in i 400 home runs is is very good, and the two-time MVP is crazy, but you're only at 2,100 hits. You usually have to make it to at least 2,600 or have some crazy stat that sticks out to you, to the voters. And It just doesn't seem to stick out here. Um, Played 18 years. Um, His MVP seasons weren't as crazy as some of the other seasons we're talking about here. Um, We can look at those races individually, but they were nothing – that crazy um says what do you think i
2: mean you said it right like the mlb hall of fame is one of the harder hall of fame seed into like you look at like the nba and and it feels like they let in pretty much anybody who's done anything somewhat decent in their career but mlb is that has so many players that are kind of like they're just consistent they have multiple mvps they were good for their whole career and it doesn't really matter because they don't stack up to the rest of the competition, right? The rest of the rest of all these amazing players, right? The hall of fame is for the best of the best. And I don't think Dale Murphy cracked that. I think he was very good in a time error in the era that he played, but I don't know if he was the best of the best.
0: Yeah. And, uh, a lot of the 1980s was more of you look at it like more of a pitcher dominant era. It's kind of more of a dead ball where there wasn't too many stars on either side of the ball, not too many pitching stars, not too many offensive stars. It was honestly a very balanced point in all of baseball. And I think even though in today's game, we're starting to, you know, the stars, you can see them on social media or whatever. I think we're kind of back at that balanced point a little bit. Um, But another thing is that we look at these 18-year careers, and no Hall of Famer is going to be eligible with a six- or seven-year career. And we look at these long careers, and we look at them with such – I guess we hold it to a higher standard because people don't play as long today. Most players aren't making it through those 18-year careers, and that's nothing to joke about. An 18-year career is very impressive by all means, any way, shape, and form. But – an 18-year career at some point leads to becoming a collector, not a producer, and I think that towards the end, that's kind of what Dale Murphy became because from 1988 to 1993, he was collecting some home runs, you know, adding to that 398 total, but he wasn't really producing besides that. You look at his like career wins above average, which is like war compared to league average, it's only at 16.3, which isn't great. Most Hall of Famers are around 30, if not more. So by that standard and the fact that, you know, he, he was good, but he was nothing great. I put him in the Hall of Very Good, not the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. I think that he was a good player, a really good player. Um, I think if you strip him of those two MVPs, he's not even in the conversation anymore. So I think that that being the most impactful thing in his resume Definitely is the biggest red
2: flag for him. I think all three of agree of us agree on that. He's a very good ball player, and he did his job for many years, but he's not a Hall of
0: Famer. So Aiden did feel the same way on the situation. But surprisingly, our listeners felt differently. You all voted Dale Murphy into the MLB Hall of Fame. Uh, was it unanimous or what? It was 75%. That's crazy. Oh man,
1: I'm curious.
0: I think Hmm. if you Dale Murphy was a good baseball player, and I think there's an argument for it. There's definitely an argument, but it's not the strongest argument. I would have to go back and like look a little bit more into the 1980s and the stars of that day, just to trying to figure out like where did Dale Murphy stand? Because if you're not standing out like among the top ten, you know feasibly, then you probably don't deserve a Hall of Fame ballot vote if in my opinion like if at no point there was like a five-year stretch where you were the guy or one of the guys which dale murphy did have then you aren't in my consideration for hall of fame and so going next we have a unique case in don mattingly don mattingly had a very good baseball career with the new york yankees uh funny enough they won the World Series the year before he came into the league and the year after he came in, but never won with him. So, sucks to be Don, never won one. But he's never had anything bad said about his character. He's in the charity, but there's a good career, and his managerial status really doesn't add anything to his Hall of Fame resume. I I,
1: I think you're going to hate me on this one, because this is probably the one I'm going to disagree with you on. i I want to say, just Straight up, I think that Don Magley is a Hall of Famer, and I I think that it's going to catch some people off guard because I made the same argument for Albert Bell in a shorter career, but this is a less problematic shorter career in a player that has strangely similar stats to Keith Hernandez, who just got voted in last year. Um, I mean, you got a guy, nine-time Gold glove, one of the best fielding first basemen of all time. I know that's not necessarily the most important thing, um, but that that reflects Keith Hernandez very similarly. Um, He was like the hit king, like, a couple times in his career um you don't see players putting up 238 hits in a season anymore um i believe that was the season one mvp maybe the season before that season finished, first, finished first in mvp and then the next season which is the 238 season he finished second in mvp um a gold gloves all across the board he he was like tony Gwynn before tony Gwynn. i i don't know he could get on base a lot The he was a slap hitter i i don't know i think if you're comparing the cumulative stats of Hall of Famer Keith Hernandez, you got Don Mattingly beating him in in home runs, batting average, um, RBI, and, and you got him right next to Keith Hernandez on hits. And it, it's 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 a very similar career, in my opinion. And yeah, the OPS plus for um, Keith Hernandez in his career was 128. The career OPS. Plus for Don Mattingly it was 127. I mean these are very similar players in their style in the way they play baseball. They were both contact hitters who um, were great fielders and they kind of ran their team um, for that the years that they played. And I, I don't I don't know if the reason Keith Hernandez got in was because of his playoff runs um, in the famous Mets 86 Mets, um, but I I think that you have to you have to compare the two, especially considering how recently Keith Hernandez just got voted in.
0: So I like that comparison. I think it's a very good perspective on it. But Hall of Famers aren't guys that are 27% better than league average. And... So why did Keith Hernandez getting huh? get in then? I wouldn't have voted for him. Um It's also like up to your interpretation. Like you look at a guy like... Don Mattingly, and he has a six year prime between 1984 and 1989. Like those six seasons, that was his prime. Like that's when he was at his best. And with that, he did have a good amount of hits. He hit above 300, which is impressive. He did win an MVP award, which I don't know if he should have won. And he did win the nine gold gloves, but 42.4 baseball reference award doesn't stand out that much. This is another case of Hall of very good when you're in the time where offense isn't through the roof of the 1980s to only be putting up a 127 OPS plus really doesn't, you know, wow me in any way, shape or form. Um, I think that Don Mattingly was again, as you said, a leader of the New York Yankees, which is by any means, it's very impressive. There's nothing to take away from that, but on fan graphs, like, a 124 weighted runs creator plus compared to that time. Like he was nothing exceptional compared to league average.
1: Yeah. I, I just think the only thing that's making me put him in all of Fame is, is just seeing how Keith Hernandez got in. It, it's just, I, I see too many parallels to not, to not put him in. Um, and I think that, I think that he had a good enough career. I think that, I, I think that the voters will will look and see, and also weigh in the fact that his career wasn't as long as some of these other guys. Um, 14 years is a long time, but obviously not a full baseball career. Um, I think Keith Hernandez was 17 years, which is three long, years longer than Don Mattingly. And yet Don Mattingly is beating him in some of these stats. So it's like, if you're, if you're better than a player in a bunch of different statistics and one is in and one's not, then I think that they should both be in. I I, I think that if you're going to commit to one player and show that Keith Hernandez is a hall of famer, I think you have to. Vote in his counterpart, which is Don
2: Mattingly. For me, it came down. There was three guys that I was because I I knew I wanted Albert Bell and I knew I wanted Barry Bonson, but it came down to to Fred McGriff, um, Clemens, and then and then Don Mattingly. These were the these were my, I was I had to decide on who I wanted to put in out of those three, and, I mean, obviously I voted for Clemens and McGriff, but Mattingly had a great. He had a he had a great career through and through and it was again it was one of those consistent careers, right? Um, but I mean, they both they both talked about it. He's the leader of the Yankees and I feel any leader of the Yankees will deserves an opportunity again. Yeah, he wasn't he didn't win that champion. If he won a championship, I think we're talking about something a little. I think then the the conversation changes a little bit and I think I would I think I would have put him in over either Clemens or McGriff
0: so that's a no from you it is a no from me yes so Aiden was with Tom on this one where he did put Don Mattingly in the Hall of Fame but he fails to reach 75% of the 4A Baseball Hall of Fame requirement Don Don Mattingly Hall of very good but the listeners they put him in
1: that that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm surprised they didn't agree with me on this one.
0: Um, but
1: I I, I don't know. I, ha, how many players he have we actually gotten into the Hall of Fame here?
0: How huh? We have we as the Four A Baseball Podcast have put <clears throat> in two.
1: So it's difficult. Okay. Um. Hey man, at least the fans get it.
0: Don Mattingly. I'm on the hype train. How many of the fans put in? The fans yeah. have put in one, two, three, four.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They put in Bell they, Clemens. They, and, they
0: put in Bonds, Clemens, yeah, Mattingly, obviously. and Murphy. So, like, I think this is also like, are you a big hall person or a small hall person? I'm kind of like, I think it should represent the best of the best.
2: That's fair.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think that, I think that with that logic, I think I would have, I wouldn't have voted in Keith Hernandez, but he's an icon of the game too. I mean, I, I, I think growing up, my dad loved the 86 Mets, so I think growing up reading about the 86 Mets and learning about this team and how interesting they were makes me more biased to those players. But I really do like those eighties players like Don Mattingly and Keith Hernandez. So I, I I'm a little bit
0: biased. Yeah. And so moving into our last hall of fame candidate is probably the most controversial one of them. Kurt Schilling, good baseball player. Some may argue great. He doesn't have the Cy Young plaque, you know, he puts up, 3,200 career innings, 3 4 6 ERA over that, and 80.5 baseball reference war. And I'm really curious where you guys stood on this because I have some opinions on what happened with this guy.
1: I mean, obviously this guy has the stuff to get in. I mean, he's one of the best postseason pitchers of all time along with being a good pitcher for a long career. The guy's just a nutcase. He's not going to get in. Um, he just – being getting into the Hall of Fame – like Brad said earlier requires you to be a good baseball player and a decent human. Um, and that doesn't, that doesn't have a great, um, it's, it's a very controversial topic, but he's had a lot of allegations against him. Uh, and he's got a very long list of, of things, of reasons why he shouldn't be in. Um, I know he has several reasons. He should not be in. I, 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 that's all I'm going to say.
2: Um, I mean, it comes down to, like, with, with Clemens, right? It was his stats kind of it, – it's does do your statistics and what you do on the field outweigh how terrible of a person you are? I don't think Schilling's stats even remotely compare to
0: how terrible of a person he is. Yeah, and I think if you just look at his stats, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, he was a bit more of a collector. Like, at no point could you say this was the best pitcher in Major League Baseball, I mean, that reflects on the fact he had no Cy Young Awards. I haven't gone through the voting specifically. And I found it like he was a very anti-steroid person. He was even saying like, Roger Clemens should be stripped of his four Cy Young Awards after 1997, among other controversial quotes. Um, But I think just a guy who was consistent over a long period of time belongs in the Hall of Fame. But someone who would not represent baseball in a productive and safe manner off the field does not belong in the hall of fame.
1: Yeah. I don't think you can say it much better than that. I mean, the dude had a hall of fame career and it won't be remembered as a hall of fame career because of the things that have happened out, outside of the baseball field. And I, I don't think that, I don't think that there, I don't think there'll ever be a chance that the voters vote him in. There's just too much going against them at this point.
0: So with that, you know, I think it's pretty clear where we stood on Kurt Schilling. None of us voted yes. Aiden did. Aiden voted Kirk Schilling into the MLB Hall of or the 4A baseball I mean, he's hall. He's definitely
2: of he's definitely looking solely on statistics. <clears throat> and and to be honest, I looked I looked solely on statistics too, but none of his stats were really eye-popping to me that I felt he deserved to go in over anybody else.
1: No, that that brings an interesting point, Stavis, You you genuinely think without the whole resume, you think that he is not a Hall of Fame player?
2: I compared to the other players on this list, no.
1: Uh, I mean, three thousand strikeouts and being one of the most clutch pitchers of all time in the postseason. I I think that's enough to eat to even get you like unanimously in. I mean, not like unanimous unanimous, but like a vast
0: majority.
2: Compared to the other pl- players on this list,
0: no, I do not believe so. I would say I think the other guy on this list is Roger Clemens, and obviously he's not that. But yeah. the career Kurt Schilling had is a Hall of Fame worthy career. It, it's worthy. Yes, but I would put
2: it. in my votings. I would not have voted for it.
0: Kurt Schilling will always be reflected because his name precedes anything about it. Because you know who Kurt Schilling is. You know what he's done. And that's as far as I'll go into it. The voters agreed with us. They voted to say no to Kurt Schilling. And with that, the 40 Baseball podcast has its first two Hall of Fame inductees. The class of this point in 2022 is Barry Bonds and Fred McGriff. Two Absolutely. guys who, you know, Barry Bonds represents what the height of the steroid era was. He was a great baseball player who somehow got even better. And Fred McGriff is the guy who got undershadowed during this contemporary era of baseball. With that, thank you all for listening. We'll be here next week with two more episodes dropping into your feed. Be sure to follow us on all social medials at the 4A podcast and have a good one. Peace. Medials.